Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, Bobby, this week we are, we're not talking about one building, we're talking about a few buildings. In fact, it's kind of the broad theme of this podcast, which is preservation. And we have a perfect guest today, Bobby, who can speak all about that and efforts here in the city. Jeremy Ebersole of the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance joining us today on Urban Spelunking. How's it going, Jeremy? It's going great, Nate. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. It's, it's a, a pleasure to have you here. We talked for a story that's going to run it on Milwaukee, and I thought it would be great to have you on here um, to talk a bit about some of the same things. But I think, first of all, we need to have you sort of introduce yourself because you're not from Milwaukee originally. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Bobby. Yeah, I, so I'm Jeremy Ebersole, a privilege to be the director of the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance. Uh, I uh, came to Milwaukee in 2020, uh, right in the, uh, the the beginning parts of the of the pandemic. Came f- directly from graduate school, uh, getting my degree in historic preservation from the University of Oregon. Uh, though worked for a number of years uh, prior to that in in the preservation field with the National Park Service and National Heritage Areas, um, primarily focusing on communications uh, with my undergrad degree, uh, but was really excited to be able to come back uh, to the Midwest broadly. I'm from Ohio originally uh, and had been really excited to come uh, to come back here. I think there's really incredible, underappreciated buildings, places, and people in uh, in this part of the country. So really have been excited to be here and be a part of that. Well, Jeremy, I'm just curious about how the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance functions. I mean, we you certainly know some of the buildings. We've talked about them here on Urban Spelunking, places like the Forest Home Library, uh, Old Main, uh, the Columbia Hospital. So talk us through how, how the actual work happens. Our organization uh, focuses on historic preservation, education, uh, and advocacy. Our our mission is really to make preservation mainstream in Milwaukee. So we we do that uh, in a number of ways through programs uh, on on, uh, exciting reuses of buildings, on some of the more technical uh, sides of of things, how to make the finances work for restoring small-scale commercial buildings, for example, how historic tax credits work, uh, some of those technical things, but also... Uh, just fun programs on the Oriental Theater, for example, or uh, or sites of importance to the Latinx community advocacy work as well, helping the public understand uh, the benefits of preservation, how uh, members of the public can make their voices heard if there's a place that matters to them uh, in, in the city, um, whether it's endangered or not. We want to celebrate places uh, that are important to the community and make sure that they're around for, for years to come. That's pretty amazing, Jeremy. You guys are doing so much stuff that I don't think people realize. Um, in our extended conversation, we're going to talk more about some of those uh, advocacy projects that the Preservation Alliance has been working on. There's been some successes, some that have been less successful, but Jeremy says uh, they learn from all of them. And we are going to talk about that uh, more with Jeremy Ebersol, the executive director of the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance. You can find that next on Urban Spelunking. Don't stress about that car you don't need. Embrace the lazy days of summer by donating it to Radio Milwaukee. We accept many kinds of vehicle donations, including cars, trucks, motorcycles, and even RVs. Pickup is free, and you could get a tax deduction. Donate your vehicle now, and then kick back and enjoy the great music and stories you help to support. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org cars to start your donation today. 
All right, we are back on Urban Spelunking with Jeremy Ebersol, the executive director of the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance. This is like, uh, Bobby, we're, you know, we, we geek out about this stuff, and it's really wonderful to have another building geek here with us. And uh, Jeremy, you do it in a big way. In fact, the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance, as we mentioned in the first half, has been involved in some really big projects. Um, Bobby, where should we where should we pick it up here? Um, I think we should talk about um, the the first thing we should talk about is the one that's sort of on the radar heavily at the moment, which I think is Columbia Hospital. Yes, um, and maybe Jeremy can tell us a little bit of background on that and where that stands at the moment. Yeah, where does it stand? Where is it? Give us the give us the update. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There, so there are there are some questions outstanding at the moment with with Columbia Hospital. Uh, for a little a little bit of background, uh, this is uh, the uh, the old Columbia Hospital, not the current Columbia St. Mary's, but this is a 1919 building uh, with a number of uh, Eschweiler and Eschweiler additions uh, that happened uh, over the next few few decades, and it's currently part of UWM's campus. UWM purchased. The building uh, and a number of, of other buildings uh, on that block uh, back in 2010, uh, originally with plans to to use and restore the buildings. Uh, those plans changed um, farther farther along uh, in the process, uh, and within the last year, a local resident nominated the building for local historic designation, which is something that any resident of the city of Milwaukee can nominate any building for local historic designation. So a, a nomination came in for the Columbia Hospital building, which kicked off a process, uh, a public process of designation. Uh, and, and the building was designated. We were very involved at MPA in, in helping uh, the public uh, understand what was going on and help the public understand how they could share their perspective on the historic significance of the property. And so we were very excited when the property was designated uh, by, by city council uh, all along the way, however, there was uh, a question raised by the university and the state, uh, who obviously own, uh, manages runs the university, uh, about the need for uh, state buildings to follow the local preservation ordinance. Well, obviously, with a project like this and a building that has uh, a lot of different parties involved, I'd imagine there were some challenges. Uh, just challenging enough when you're talking about a historic building preservation, but were there any hurdles in particular with this building or just extra challenges? I think, I mean, the one of the challenges with this building, uh, of course, ended up being the, the state ownership. I mean, as far as the historic significance of the building, there wasn't really a question. The, the building... Is uh, is a great example of Georgian revival architecture. Uh, it's one of the uh, the few uh, existing buildings in, uh, in uh, existing hospitals in the city uh, that use kind of this 1800s plan uh, popularized by Florence Nightingale. That's meant to kind of have have air circulating through uh, through the building, really uh, to help with the the patient uh, recovery. So it, significant in, in a number of ways, and also lots of really important. Uh, discoveries uh, in the medical field in the building as well. Um, so the significance wasn't, wasn't really an issue, but, but the challenge was with state ownership. This was the first time, to my knowledge, that there's been an attempt for the local preservation ordinance to apply to a state-owned building. And so what ended up happening uh, is that the city ended up having to get an injunction through courts to prevent the state from demolishing the building. Uh, that ended up going to court, uh, and ultimately uh, the court sided uh, just a few weeks ago in favor of the state 
essentially saying that in this case, the state is not required to follow the preservation ordinance, which would require a demolition to go through the Historic Preservation Commission and have a public process for the demolition to proceed. Uh, the state argued that in this case, it's, uh, it is a permit uh, that is being requested and not a function of zoning. And the state is exempt from permit requirements, but not zoning. So what that means for now uh, is, is still a little bit of a question. Um, there is a, a buyer who has expressed interest in the building. So that is a possibility that we are holding out hope for, uh, that it may be a win-win preservation solution uh, where the university would be able to sell the building. Um, as far as the implications broader, the city is still, as I understand, considering whether or not to appeal the ruling. Right now it applies really just to this building. Um, uh, but there is this question then about what it would mean for other state-owned buildings uh, and whether there would be the ability for local preservation regulations to protect buildings the way they do for other owners. So this is so this is one that is it's still a question whether or not this is going to be a success story or a, or a disappointment uh, in the end. Uh, I'd like to talk about some others that are sort of on both ends of the spectrum and let's just get the maybe get a disappointment out of the way uh, <laughs> at the beginning yeah, yeah, as yeah, it was yeah, sort definitely. of a, as it was sort of a disappointment uh, right at the beginning when you got here too because this discussion I believe was underway when you arrived. You kind of arrived in the middle of the talk of. Uh, tearing down the Forest Home Library, which was like a mid-century modern uh, 1960s building, really unique, uh, made out of materials that were interesting. And it was, um, it it ended up being torn down in the end, right? But but this is something you kind of walked into, right? Yeah, well, this, it was, it started after, after I arrived, but not much, not much later. Uh, we we, we learned of the plans uh, to demolish the, the Forest Home Library, which is just south of Mitchell Street uh, on, on Forest Home, obviously. Beautiful 1960s building made out of Corten steel, which is this steel that, that weathers very quickly to look like rust, similar to the way that copper would weather to a different appearance. Uh, it was used on the John Deere headquarters in, in Illinois, but the first example of it here. Uh, and there were plans to demolish the building and construct a medical center on it on on the site. We we worked hard uh, at MPA uh, and uh, and, and uh, Eric Vogel uh, and others who were part of a, a team that put together a, a nomination for local historic designation. Worked to try to show that the building could be used for 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 other uh, other uses uh, and that there was another suitable site for the uh, for the medical center to go. Ultimately that uh, designation did not make it through the city's Zoning Neighborhood and Development Committee, uh, and so the demolition did proceed. Um, in the end, though, I mean, good, uh, unfortunate, uh, of course, um, but, but really good things came out of it. I think we, we started uh, and brought in the conversation on the significance of mid-century buildings in the city. Yeah. They're, yeah, build, buildings that are, that are in the kind of 40 to 70-year-old range are always the most difficult uh, from a public perception standpoint, uh, because uh, tastes always change. Whatever we're doing now is a reaction against what happened before. We had Art Deco in the 20s as a reaction against uh, Queen Anne and Victorian style from the 1800s. Then we have modernism. That's a reaction against Art Deco. So these modernist buildings and the brutalist kind of heavy concrete buildings that followed them 
now are in significant danger. But of course, if we don't keep them around, then they don't get to be the beautiful old old buildings that we that we know and love. You know, we do a great job of protecting our Cream City brick buildings and understanding their significance here. But these modernist buildings, uh, I think, we're we're still working on appreciating those, and this helped to really start that conversation. Uh, and what came out of that was a new chapter of an organization called Docomomo, which is the documentation and conservation of the modern movement. Uh, and this is a, an international organization, uh, and we now have a local chapter here in Wisconsin. So a group of people advocating for these very cool mid-century buildings. Well, let's talk about a huge win. I think this is one that we can all agree is really, really impressive. We've talked about this building a few times here on Urban Spelunking. I was just on the Hank Aaron State Trail not too long ago, biking and uh, it's just it's just really great to see the progress that this building has made, considering how close it was to the brink not too long ago. So let's talk about Old Main inside the Milwaukee Soldiers Home. This was a multi-million dollar project spanned over several years. What was what was the Milwaukee Preservation Alliance's role in that? And I guess kind of reaction to where where we landed. And I'm just going to throw in quick that that's a perfect example of what Jeremy said about how we're good at saving uh, our Cream City brick buildings because this is one of the most beautiful and one of the older ones, one of the older examples in the city too. Yeah, yeah. Old Main is, I mean, the poster child, literally at this point, for what preservation is capable of. You know, a win-win solution, a building that that many said couldn't be saved, and and here we are, all of these years and lots of hard work later, and we have. Uh, a building uh, along with five others on the campus that were recently restored and providing housing for veterans and their families at risk of homelessness. So I think a great example that buildings can be saved uh, with with work and partnership, collaboration, creative thinking, uh, and that they can make a difference for today. You know, it's not just restore this building because it's pretty so it can sit there and we can look at it, uh, though it is beautiful, uh, but these buildings can serve important needs for today as well. Uh, so in that case, MPA, we got involved uh, around 2010 uh, or so when the, when the, uh, the roof collapsed partially uh, at Old Main. And our role uh, was working with the VA uh, and other partners, the State Historic Preservation Office, the National Park Service, to kind of consult with the VA and help them get to a point where they were ready to reuse the buildings and think through what that looked like, how it could work financially. We also did a lot with the public. Uh, We have our public education campaign called Save the Soldiers Home. We have a special website, uh, savethesoldiershome.com, social media for that as well to help educate the public about the significance of the sites. We put together a walking tour app in 2013. The grounds are public. You know, anybody can walk those grounds at any time. Uh, that app was actually just updated earlier this year at Memorial Day. Uh, we worked to get the, the brown signs that say there's a historic site on the, on the freeway that say National Historic Landmark right over here. Come check it out. Um, so yeah, so that was a, a lot of our work was was with the public, uh, but also behind the scenes. And then when a suitable development proposal came through after the VA issued a request for proposals there for a developer to come in and reuse the buildings, that was of course answered by the Alexander Company, who did a, a great job, and we served as uh, as one of the um, the fiscal agents for the, to help do the fundraising for the capital campaign that was needed needed there. So a huge success. We just launched uh, regular walking tours of the soldiers' home as well. So now there's opportunities for anyone for free uh, to come 
and take a tour twice a month. We're doing those through September and hope to continue that next year. We can walk the grounds with us. And we also do go into Old Main uh, to see that incredible restoration and go down into the basement to see the cool history exhibit that's that's there as well. Um, uh, and I would add that it's not we're not done yet. <laughs> uh, we'd love to to wipe to say we did it success uh, and we did with Old Main, but there uh, are still a few other buildings there. The chapel, beautiful wooden church, very uh, one of very few wooden churches in uh, in the area, as well as this beautiful. Uh, uh, late 1800s theater uh, there on the grounds, the Ward Theater, and then the Governor's Mansion, which was the oldest building on the property uh, and the home of the uh, the director of of the Soldier's Home for many, many years. Those three buildings are still vacant and endangered, so we're working with the VA now to ensure the same kind of success for those buildings that we saw for Old Main. That would be pretty amazing if so, because the Ward Theater and the chapel, especially those two Henry Cook buildings, are, are just gorgeous buildings. And it's sad to see them in the shape they're in now. But they, but after having seen Old Main the way it was, we know that they're not too far gone, right? I mean, Old Main was sort of proof that you could take this these bu- buildings that were on the brink and bring them back. And the beautiful part of Old Main, too, is that it, it's being used for what it was originally intended to be used for well over 150 years ago. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There, there's no such thing as, as a building that is too far gone. With, with money and will, uh, we, can, we can do anything <laughs> with these buildings. Well, you guys are doing great work. And you're, I mean, there's so many other projects you guys have worked on or are working on. There's the domes, which is ongoing. There's, there was the Puddler's Cottages on Superior Street in Bayview, right? Um, there's just been so many great things. And I, I think you guys are doing a, a great job. Well, let's let's expand a bit on the domes. That's certainly a topic that a lot of people are interested in. Anytime we share anything about the domes on our social media, we get a lot of reaction. I'm sure that's the same for you too, Bobby, at On Milwaukee. So what's your involvement? What's uh, MPA's involvement with the domes right now? Yeah, thanks for asking. The, the domes are, are still a going concern. I mean, we got involved uh, with the domes back in 2016, uh, had them listed uh, as a national treasure with the National Trust for Historic Preservation had them added to the 11 most endangered historic places uh, in the country, also through the National Trust for Historic Preservation um, back in in 2016. But our role has been really to help advocate for their reuse, uh, for their restoration uh, going forward, again, help the public to share their voices, ensure that the public has a voice uh, in the future, uh, and help to share ways that the building can be reused through things like historic tax credits uh, and others and present a vision for for what this this could look like. Uh, So we regularly are are meeting and having conversations with uh, folks at the county, supervisors, uh, and trying to drum up public awareness that the domes continue to be in danger uh, and, uh, and let the public know how they can have a voice. Uh, so we have lots of great information on our website, milwaukeepreservationalliance.org, on how to do that. The, the county is currently working through a process of, uh, of thinking through what the future of the domes should look like. And we have continued to make the case that it's that this is not only uh, architecturally a significant building, but a place that really matters to Milwaukeeans, a, a great tourism driver, a great economic driver, uh, and also uh, really an equity issue that this is the one place in the city where anybody can come year round and experience the benefits of access to green space, which has just incredible benefits to 
to, to health. Uh, and the neighborhood uh, where the domes is located is, is a neighborhood uh, that is very dense, has a lot of young children, uh, and uh, is really deserving of the kind of investment uh, that the domes uh, that the domes need. And also, I said the domes do need investment, but they are not in bad shape. Uh, studies have shown that the the concrete uh, is in great shape. We're working on uh, a firm is working on looking at the glazing. Now, uh, and studies have continued to show that the building is in, is in good shape and with some maintenance that is necessary, they can really stick around for many, many decades to come. And a lot of that uh, funding can come through things like historic tax credits uh, and fundraising. For me, that really raised an eyebrow because I think the narrative on the domes is that it it's that it's been like unsalvageable, that it's just so far gone that this right, the concrete's falling and they're right. So just very interesting, and I think interesting to our listeners to hear you say that from your perspective. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the county hired Pierce Engineering in 2019 to do a study on the concrete uh, that showed that it is in good shape, that it was some minor interventions along with the, uh, when work is done on the, on the glazing, which, which needs uh, maintenance uh, replacement as well, that it can last for many decades to come. Uh, there's a, a current study uh, that was done just, just recently uh, when there was a firm up inspecting the mesh that's currently in, in the building uh, and looking at the concrete there uh, and confirmed that the concrete is in, is in good shape. So it's, it's not a situation where the domes are in danger of falling over uh, right now, uh, but it is a situation where we need to invest uh, and do maintenance and, and move forward because we don't want to get to a place uh, which is a real danger that if we don't invest now, that it, it will get to a place where demolition uh, is, is the only option. And that's, you know, most recently, uh, it was a, a $15 million proposition. So why not use that money to invest in the community and keep the building up rather than getting an empty lot? So Jeremy, how can, uh, how can folks who want to lend a hand help out with the work that you guys do? Yeah, well, we, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. You know, we get none of our funding comes from, from governments, but we're supported really through uh, people like listeners here who believe in what we're doing, believe uh, that Milwaukee is a special place and that it's worth preserving the places that matter here in the city. So you, anyone can head over to milwaukeepreservationalliance.org or follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, and you're welcome to sign up for our email list, uh, or if you feel led, leave a donation there to help us continue this important work. Well, thanks, Jeremy, for joining us. This is Jeremy Ebersall, the Executive Director of Milwaukee Preservation Alliance. We appreciate you being here telling us about all the good work you guys do. Um, and folks should watch On Milwaukee for a more extended conversation as well in print, where we talk about these and some of the other issues, and we talk more about your background as well. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks so much, Bobby and Nate. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy. This was amazing. And we'll make sure and provide a link to that story at On Milwaukee when we have it. You can find it at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts. Also in the description box in whatever player you're using to listen right now. Podcasts in 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. And if you could take a moment to rate and review the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. And be sure to subscribe. We'd love to get you on board here. New episodes with a different building every Tuesday from Radio Milwaukee and on Milwaukee. 